and welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. We're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And we are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., Wednesdays at 9 a.m. That is our special edition of Tell Me Your Story. Well, what's so special? You got to tune in. Uh, then uh, we stream live at those times at richarddugan.com. And we are podcasting on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, a bunch of other places, (laughs) too numerous to mention. They're everywhere. And we're on YouTube. And we hope that you will subscribe. If not, click notification so that at least when I post the next conversation, you will know that it's there. You can go and listen and uh, hopefully be educated, enlightened, uh, have a little fun, too. We try to have fun on this program as well. We also ask that if you can support the work we are doing financially, we would greatly appreciate that. It is uh, uh, We have a PayPal account. It is there for your security as well as ours. And uh, we are um, uh, very grateful uh, to PayPal in that respect. And when you go there, what you want to do is um, put in my email address for the person whom you are sending it to. It's richard at richarddugan.com. We also ask that you spend time during the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, to go within and listen to that still small voice. But right now we ask you to listen to not so small voices of yours truly, Richard Dugan, Dr. D, I also go by. Uh, But our very special guest is going to share with us some, I think, cool, really cool information in regards to... I don't necessarily want to say a uh, technology per se, but our guest, uh, Peter Benson, he uses his advanced knowledge of both technology uh, as well as quantum physics. I love talking quantum physics, too, to bridge the gap between science and consciousness. Oh, man, we could take a whole week on this program to talk about that. In every product, um, Peter taps into the energy frequencies of uh, patented uh, healing to uh, uh, potent, I should say, potent healing to help you remove existing patterns that stand in the way of achieving optimal or optimum health, happiness. uh, But the Constitution gives us the right to happiness. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the pursuit of it. And financial freedom. I'm looking for that myself. These tools are designed with mathematical as well as quantum principles to harness profound angelic energy and crystal healing uh, virtues. And you can go to his website. We'll give that out now. We'll be linked to it as well. Energiesofservice.com. Energiesofservice.com. And Peter Benson, thank you so much for being with us. You are the CEO of Energies of Service. It's great to have you on the program. I'm looking forward to this incredible conversation. Thank you, Richard. Thanks for having me on. It's a privilege. You uh, you are, are dealing in some areas that are so fascinating. We're going to touch on some of these. Consciousness is so fascinating to me because there are people that I know um, who have the desire to live forever. In other words, they want to transfer their consciousness into a machine, basically. And I'm just sitting here going, you know, I've been here 63 years. I want to live another 40 plus because I have to outlive my great grandmother who lived to be 100. And I want to continue doing what I'm doing to help change the world for the better. But do I want to stay here indefinitely? You know, 
even the uh, most um, happy-go-lucky kid who gets uh, where there's no line in Disneyland, say at the Matterhorn or or the Teacups or 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 Pirates of the Caribbean, eventually gets tired of going round and round and round. And I'd like to try something different. What are your thoughts in that regards to people who? They think that their consciousness, um, and we'll talk about what you define it as, but they think that their consciousness is something that that can be transferred, that can be moved from place to place or from um, physical body to physical body, whether it be uh, biological or mechanical. I feel that the consciousness is not entirely held inside the physical body. So you can try to download something that's only partially there. You're going to have only a partial product when you actually finish the download. So I don't think it's going to work quite the way they're thinking. Hmm. Well, like I said before, I know there are people who, a matter of fact, uh, I was talking to someone just the other day who said that because they had, uh, so they, I think they had a pacemaker and they had an artificial this and an artificial that, that they were what is called transhuman. You know, and I'm going, huh? I said, yeah, I'm transitioning from human into machine. And it's like, are you sure you want to do that? You know, I've seen some people who've had those knee those knee replacements and those hip replacements, and they're not having a lot of fun because for whatever reason, it didn't work so well. So, you know, be careful for what you ask for. Oh, but yeah. you 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 deal in so many different areas that that brings all of this together. Tell us, first of all, about this, uh, I, I, I I hesitate to refer to it as a concept per se, but talk to me about these energies of service uh, that we certainly can feel if we attune ourselves, if we get rid of certain distractions. How how were you introduced to this technology, if that's the right term to use? Well, the technology is based on um, tensor rings, tensor ring technology. It was originally brought out, um, the design of or the energy of was actually found by John Archibald Wheeler in 57. He was a Manhattan Project physicist, the guy who coined black hole as a name for black holes. Um, so he was quite the guy in the physics realm at the time. Hmm. Um, he found that when you actually take a wire and braze it, weld it onto itself in a, in a ring form, it creates an energy field. They didn't have a use for it. So it basically put, put on a shelf, um, Slim Sperling in the early 90s, found that technology and worked on it and made it usable by basically taking a single wire and folding it over and then twisting it into a, in a clockwise form and then cutting it to a specific length, basically therefore creating sine waves in the wire and creating frequency by the length. So you can actually tune that wire to whichever frequency you're looking for. Hmm. All right. So let's take that to its uh, next logical conclusion to the frequency that you're looking for. How do you know what frequency to look for? Why would you be looking for that frequency or what have you? Why would you be going down that road? <laughs> well, some people are just looking for different things. So um, for for me, it's a, there's a bunch of different um, specific links that were brought out by Slim Sperling himself. He actually brought out three uh, cubit lengths that he utilized. It was a sacred, the lost, and I think it's empowerment is one he called it. Um, so those three actually have different forms. Um, so the the sacred was more like, if you want to call it more like a root or physical body 
manifestation frequency was actually utilizing to uh, heal the physical body. And he has a bunch of evidence in his books and all of his records and stuff like that showing great healing with that particular tensor ring. Then the uh, last qubit is based on heart chakra and, and heart energy, emotional field. So that's the, actually the tensor ring that I use and a lot of the pendants I create is the last qubit. Okay. And you are creating these rings for what purpose? The rings are created to actually clear energy fields. Uh, like if you have a bigger one, two foot wide, you could put it underneath your chair. And it's going to project the energy of that particular tensor ring. Let's say it's the last cubit with emotional. If you're dealing with a lot of emotional baggage and you want to clear it out, you stick it under your chair and you let it do its work. It will literally clear your field over time. Um, my mother had one in her sewing room and she was for a while there. She's like, I don't know why every time I go sewing, I get emotional. <laughs> it's because she's got stuff to get rid of too. Mm. So it was just actually kind of funny. It was just being in the room with her. Hmm. What connection does this technology that you're dealing with today have with some of the technologies of the past? And I speak specifically of one that I was privileged to narrate the DVD or the video of, and that is the technologies going back to the, I think it was the 20s, late 30s of the 20th century of uh, Royal Raymond Rife and the Rife Frequency Generator. Okay, so Rife was actually utilizing frequencies and using transducers to actually, you know, project that energy into your physical body in order to do healing at different mm -hmm. frequencies. Um, this is different in a way where we can, to a point, tune the frequencies to do the same thing as a Rife machine without the machine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the tensor rings, and they're not adjustable. Once you create the ring, it is created at that frequency. Okay. So there's a difference there. The Rife machine, you can tune it as you need it. Right. So there's a difference with that. Okay. What kind of wire are you using? What uh, what metal are, is optimal? And can you use any other type of wire and achieve the same results with twisting and the length and all of the parameters you talked about? Um, I primarily use copper. Um, I use copper wire for pretty much all of the tools I create. Um, I have used silver in the past to create uh, pendants and anklets and stuff like that. Um, and we can use gold too, if somebody can afford to pay that kind of money, because you're talking several ounces of gold in wire form, which is you're talking several thousand dollars as, as the price yeah. of gold is. <laughs> yeah. So you're talking ten, twelve thousand dollars for, you know, a decent pendant. Mm -hmm. So, um, when someone orders a pendant from you through your website, which I'll give out again here in a moment, um, you do you need to be you do you need to contact them to get information from them, or is this something that is designed intuitively for that individual? Um, right now, we're pretty much creating. Uh, the standard pendants, um, the Archangel Metatron, Archangel Michael, Archangel Shamuel, multidimensional, and the uh, Archangel Metatron anklets. So basically what we're doing right now is we're focusing on the tools that I can create without having to stop and actually try to converse with a client to figure out what crystals they want, what colors they want, the, the, that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um it takes a lot of time and effort. And right now I need to actually be able to help more people. So the customs have been kind of put on hold for now. 
Okay. But there, there have been customs that have been made uh, yes. that people uh, have said, hey, there's this I'm dealing with, there's that I'm dealing with, et cetera. And then you are able to, uh, through what you have learned through this technology and the, the people that you are associated with, design it specifically for that person. But I would take it the ones that you have up on your website that I'm looking at right now, which they are really cool looking. I mean, aside from the 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 uh, uh, benefits of wearing it, just the appearance of them is is quite remarkable. How did you come up with this design, these designs, these different um, uh, layouts? The designs came through basically guided by the archangels. Um, the anklets were the first tool that was actually channeled to me uh, from Archangel Metatron to create. And then through necessity, the Archangel Metatron pendant came in and I was guided to create it in a specific way in order to facilitate its creation and use without being um, without failing or breaking down. Mm -hmm. Now, is there with each of these and I, I'm uh, let me pop back here. Uh, is there uh, uh, you have what I see right now are 10 different items there's uh there's the pendants and of course there are also the ankle bracelets and i guess it is recommended that you get two of them one for obviously each each ankle uh but is there any kind of a um i guess the best word is legend that that goes with these or description or background uh uh that people can take a look at and and read and say oh so that's where this is from and this is what this is in general for uh and yeah i'm going to wear this uh the pendant here or the ankle braces around my ankles and so forth for to help to to do this releasing which we'll talk about in a few minutes if you go into each one of the products and look at the, the actual full descriptions in there there is a full write-up on every single product in there um so you have the pendant itself and then you have the anklets and then we do the combinations whether it's an you know a pendant with a pair of anklets and it shows you the benefit of everything all together. Um, so either it's an anklet or a pendant or anklet and pendants or pendant and anklets. Um, so we have a complete and complete write up. Some of them are rather lengthy to the point I actually had to shorten some of them because they were actually too long. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of information in there. Um, there's a lot of information. It's a lot of reading. Um, and what we found is that we have to give it give people them as much information as they can understand. And then from there, it goes into how do you feel about it? Looking at them, how do you feel? And then we've actually gone through um, experiential understandings with uh, people and actually have them say, okay, go on the, if you go onto the page, look at the pendant, visualize it as if you're wearing it. And then basically connect to the pendant tell it to reset and then tell it to go to full power and you know, see how it feels for you and do that with each individual pendant and see how they feel for you. Mm. Peter Benson is my guest here on the program. A fascinating conversation. We are going to continue to have here on tell me your story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host along with Peter Benson. And we're talking about uh, these energies uh, that uh, are designed through these pendants that are generate uh, created through uh, these wires that he puts together twists does does what he does i'm i'm uh, 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 certainly uh, in awe of the work that you are doing but from the standpoint that 
uh, I think about people who are given this information. And that's kind of where I want to go next is uh, you, you talked about Metatron, Archangel Metatron. Um, you know, and I'm familiar with many of the archangels, including, including Metatron. So how did this, I should back this up and say, ask you, when did this start happening to you, uh, to where you were getting this information saying, Hey, you need to be doing this and don't worry, we'll guide you, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, to to help others yourself and others to to clear some of the blocks that they have from some of the things that I mentioned earlier in the program and and getting over those especially for me <laughs> the whole financial thing yes um so did all start about seven years ago um I ended up getting a channel message from Metatron to create the anklets um, and what he said was to keep your vibration yours while we go through these times. And that's basically what the Metatron anklets do. Um, and the pendant is also doing the same same thing, just a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's to help everybody else. It's, it's to help everybody. That's what these are for. Um, to the point where I had worked out the design, created them. It took me about a year and a half to nail it all down. Mm-hmm. Uh, trial and error and things didn't work and broke the, you know, broke too easy. I'll, I'll you know, the normal prototyping situation. Right. Um, and at that point I was going through a lot of things in my life and I didn't have a lot of time to create more. Um, and my wife at the, my wife now actually had a vision at the time and basically some higher dimensional beings came in through her in the dream state and said, you know, there, there were three women standing in front of her and then there were three portals right behind them and then the next thing you know my wife sense like they all of a sudden these these beings came in through those portals behind the women they were about 100 feet tall and the three women were communicating you know intermediaries and explaining like okay tell peter he needs to start making them now <laughs> so <laughs> i you know this is it's beyond who i am um, and it's, it's more of a, it's more of, a, I, I came in to do this work and I've created the tools that they've asked me to create. Now I have to create them for everybody. So this is why I'm here. And so these tools come out of that ma- original message and the drive and the kind of a scolding I got from extra dimensional beings to get off my can and make them for everybody. Don't you love that? How the universe uh, says, hey, look, you know, uh, you decided to come here. It's time to get busy. And you've been, you know, hey, I'm 63. You know, you're a much younger man than I'm uh, than I am, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, there comes a point where, you know, you got to either. Uh, what are they? What is the phrase? Uh, uh, fish or cut bait. One of the two, I guess, is what it goes. Yep. Uh, it's to me, it. it, it this whole aspect of of healing and of course that's a word that that um i have talked with many people and i'm going to talk to you about this now um we have different different definitions of healing now i happen to be a reiki master and the way i was taught was that you individual ego you do not put any intention of your own into this you allow the energies you are a conduit and you allow the energies to go flow through you to the individual or situation 
And then you let the individual or the situation use the energies as they see fit or as the universe sees fit, if you will. Um, case in point, my my father's brother was uh, uh, had, had cancer. And um, to make it short, following his funeral, my mother told me about what happened a few days prior to his passing, that he got really angry and he threw his medication against the wall. He jumped in his wheelchair and he wheeled across the uh, compound where they lived. And he went to his son's house because they lived on the same uh, property, the ranch, I guess. And they had, uh, I guess, their closure. They had uh, they had their talk and this and that and the other and so forth. And then he passed. And I'm sitting here going, but wait a minute. We sent him an absentee healing. My mother gave me a picture of him and my wife and I took it home. We're both Reiki masters. And we sent the energy and he died. And so that uh, that begs the question, when, what is the definition of healing? And so I ask you that question too, from your perspective, with the work you're doing, the energies you're working with, and the the uh, uh, the the calling that you have been given. Actually, it sounds more <laughs> more like a demand, but calling. Um, what is healing to you? So in that type of situation, um, what was coming to me when you were talking about it is when you were sending the energy of healing to him, it was more clearing out of what he needed to get done in order for him to pass. Mm. His soul okay. journey had ended and it's done regardless if you wanted him to stick around or his kids wanted him to stick. It didn't matter. His mm -hmm. journey was over. He was ready to go. What you were doing is enabling him to go through with more ease. Mm. And we can even give ourselves uh, that kind of, and obviously through many, many different modalities, including uh, the, the, the pendants and the ankle bracelets that you, uh, that you produce and, and make available through your website. And matter of fact, folks, uh, I was looking at something here also uh, that I want to talk to you about. And we'll get to that, but first let us go to the uh, energies of service.com is the website. Uh, and um, we hope that you will uh, avail yourselves uh, of of some of these uh, items, uh, one or one of them, uh, I don't know how many one needs, but uh, I guess that's where one, as I have encouraged people, at, and you heard me at the beginning of the program, you need to go within and listen to the still small voice and say, hey, which one of these should I get? And you'll get an impression. Uh, maybe, maybe none, maybe one, maybe two, who knows? Uh, but I don't, but uh, you'll find out. And you can go to that website, energiesofservice.com, as we continue talking with Peter Benson here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and you have a section on your website, Infinite Healing from the Stars. Um, and these are sessions that one can participate in. I will tell you, I love the images, the the artwork, if you will. Uh, the I don't know if that's the logo uh, per se, but can you, can you describe that? And that, that, of course, that also means I've just mentioned this. Now people are going to have to go to your website to see what the heck I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. Um, infinite healing from the stars is my wife's actual business. That's what she does. She is a Octarian hybrid and an energy healer. So the, she does all the energy uh, healing sessions and classes, and she has a Patreon where she can do all different things, whether it's 
one-on-ones, group group therapies, Q and A's, all kinds of fun stuff. Um, so that is what uh, that part portion of the website is a crossover link to my wife's page. What you're looking at as far as that design is concerned, that is Octarian light language. Wow. That looks, again, like I said, it just looks really cool. Um, And there's almost, I mean, you have to really look at it for a while. There's almost a a, a sort of a a Chinese or Japanese character aspect to it. And it just, it just, I just like the design. It just really uh, jumps out at me. I, I find that fascinating. What issues if if i can put it in that context have you used these um the the pendants or ankle bracelets i was going to say these devices <laughs> um i'm sorry that'll work just that'll no batteries work. included for the no devices. battery yeah exactly uh, by the way the great joke uh, one guy says yeah i went to or Stephen wright said yeah i went to the store and i bought a pack of batteries at the bottom, it said batteries not included. Um, but what what issues have you been able to clear in your life that have opened you up to more of of this uh, uh, information, uh, more of being able to assist people in their own release and uh, release of blockages and so forth? The way they come through and the way the, the information comes in for me is the first one was a channeled message. Um, I get messages from others that actually reinforce those, you know, reinforce things in order, you know, to give me the little nudges I need to move. Um, but what'll happen is I will be in the creation process, getting myself out of the way and just being artistic, allowing the left side and right side of the brain to work, and just you know, the ego's out the window because I'm just focusing on building, um, like the Metatron or the Michael pendants. And the next thing you know, it's like, okay, build this pendant, and that's. That's how the, the multidimensional came in. It's like I'm building my Archangel Michael pendants. And they basically came in and said, use these three rings. I'm like, what? Okay. And I built it and I'm like, what is this thing doing? <laughs> you mm. know, and it's just like, that's how uh, that for me, that is how the the channeling comes in for me. It's a more of like a knowing and it just happened. Mm. And by allowing the, by taking it at its face value and just going with it, allowing the synchronicity, allowing the energy to flow. Um, that is how I, a lot of the things that I have done have come through more and more. And the more I open up to those, the synchronicities and just going with your intuition on it and just allowing it to flow through. That is how. Hmm. You know, I'm looking at these pendants in particular, and um, I saw, I actually saw the uh, uh, 3d little video uh, as it turns. So you can see the whole thing and it looks Oh, it's shiny on the surface. So are these crystals in particularly, are these crystals embedded in some kind of, of uh, clear uh, resin or other material so that you don't have to worry about losing any of the crystals that are embedded in the pendant uh, that they're, they're, they're pretty secure. Yes. Um, so you have the tensor ring on the outside mm-hmm. and then you have the crystals embedded in there. And then the, yes, it's you, I use a, a resin. Mm-hmm. They also have glow powder in it that, you know, the glow powder you can get at Michael's. It's a, it's, yeah. it allows you, they glow. So when you're wearing them at night or you wear it out in the sun, you come into a darker area, it will glow like crazy. Oh, wow. 
That is and, very uh, cool. Is it is just something that natural? Yeah. That that's very cool. Um, I like those. I like that kind of stuff. That's that's very neat. Um, we're talking with uh, uh, Peter Benson and we're talking about his website. It is energiesofservice.com. We'll be linked to it. And you're listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan. And um, Peter, uh, let me ask you about your your story, uh, your past and where you come from. And um, take us up to the point of the catalyst, as you've already sort of talked about. Uh, that has propelled you not just into what you're creating, but here with us right now, because my personal belief is that all of the choices that we have made, and we don't know it until uh, hindsight kicks in 2020, that all of the choices that I have made have brought me right here with you right now. And I tell you what, when you think about that, that's pretty astounding. So so what about you? What, what are your beginnings? Um, well, I started off life, uh, trade school, going in for auto mechanic, and I was a mechanic for 15, 20 years, something like that. Um, went back to college, got an associates, got a, started working in as an engineering uh, technician in a semiconductor company. Um, I resigned from them this, this year, actually. Um, and about seven, eight years ago, my life started shifting, and I had a family reorganizational uh, going on at the time. So I was trying to discover who I was again. And from there, I started reading books, uh, Michael Newton, Brian Weiss, Dolores Cannon. Um, and they're talking about, um, you know, what's on the other side, you know, the journey of the soul, life mm -hmm. between life, um, that kind of stuff. And Dolores Cannon's uh, his books are amazing with her regressions on the, you know, different aspects of the soul and what they've done in their lifetimes. Uh, the Nostradamus one is actually a, an amazing couple books of uh, Dolores's and I, I'll read those again. Those are amazing. Um, but those, those books help me understand that there's a lot more to our lives than what being a mechanic dealing with physical objects. What's that mean? And then being very detail oriented, working in engineering, Mm. You know, those kind of those kind of skills came from or came through those. So going through all that stuff, I understood um, all the stuff that they were talking about in Dolores Cannon, and Michael Newton. And then I found Slim Sperling's work with the tensor rings. And I started researching him and understanding. And he, I'm just glad that he open sourced his technology, the tensor, ten, you know, the tensor rings. He open sourced mm -hmm. it so everybody can anybody can make them. Um, your intention has to be in the right place, though, uh, in order to really make them work. And yeah, that, utilizing. Yeah, intention's a big deal, isn't it? Yes. Um, the funny thing is about the tools I create. Um, you know, the the Metatron is a, is like putting on armor. The Michael is putting on armor, but feeling like Michael's there to protect you, clearing your energy, and you feel loved at the time, same time. Um, you know, and Archangel Shamuel, that one is like putting on armor, but then you just feel very calm and stable. Um, it helps you deal with stress and traumas and all this other stuff. So all of these different energies and the way the pendants come across for you is ultimately controlled through intention. So you put the pendant on, you connect with it, just thinking it. You tell it to reset by thinking it 
and you tell it to go to full power by thinking it. So uh, by your intention, by your thought, you can control the pendants. Mm. So at that point, you can actually put intentions on it on top of what it is normally designed for. Mm -hmm. So it's like clear any obstacles uh, that will you know block me from achieving this goal. Um, make me invisible to Bob today because I really don't want to deal with Bob. Or I don't want to take, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know? I know. <laughs> you know, there are times throughout the day when I'm going, wish I really was invisible. I could get work done and no one would bother me. <laughs> yes. And what's interesting is the way these tools work is they're, you know, the intention amplifiers. So your intentions get amplified utilizing the tool. So it teaches you mm. how to really work in intentions on top of the tool that it is. And it helps you get through your day. Yeah. For those who are listening, no, this is not an infomercial. I find the work that he's doing fascinating because he's incorporating uh, several different elements uh, in the universe, quantum physics we mentioned earlier and so forth, uh, as well as the channelings. Um, and when did that start for you, by the way? Uh, the channeling stuff was that was initially a one time deal for me about seven years ago um, from Metatron. And then from there, it was download after download after download. Um, then over the last three years, Michael has been coming through, and I have been channeling Michael pretty much for uh, friends and my wife. And mm -hmm. he'll come through, and he'll you know just make me start weeping, and then I'll know that's him. And then then he'll come through with the message. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I can't say as i've ever had that experience but such as you and others that i've talked with who have had that experience of the the, the whole channeling thing they've written books uh they've assisted others i used to attend a gathering back in phoenix with my wife um of a of, of a group that called itself equinox that came through this one particular woman joni skavinsky uh, and um, you'd go there and you'd get a general reading from uh, from Equinox. And then um, you would ask you could ask one question, you know, and uh, it was fascinating to me, the information, because uh, one time um, it, before I could utter a word, uh, the group uh, Equinox said, why aren't you at the water? And I said, well, I'm working on it. I'm working on it, you know, and this was back in, in the late nineties, early two thousands. And it took me till 2006 to get to the water. Now I live here in Santa Barbara, right by the, you know, I don't live by the water, but I can certainly get there. Uh, and I've always wanted to be by the water. And, and here I'm getting all of this information saying you should be by the water. <laughs> yep. So you, uh, aside from the channeled information, what about uh, have do do you have an identification for let's say the still small voice I referenced earlier when we encourage people to participate in the decade of perfect vision the twenty twenties and the only place you get perfect vision is by going within and listening do you know who that is or what that is or or is it mixed with the other voices that come through the channels for me I get. Um... There's a lot of things that we have to manage, and one of those things is actually turning off the TV, turning mm -hmm. off the radio. Stop listening to the news that is coming through, because that actually distorts your 
your brain waves, the way your energy feels, and it puts a narrative in your head and you start thinking in that manner. So if you actually just basically do research on things that you love and you start bumping into different things you read, by doing that, you're training yourself and the way you think to be a little bit more tuned into the way, you know, the way you're supposed to be going and the, in the path you're supposed to be going. So what I'm trying to get to on this one, it allows you, if you're on the right path, it allows you to actually step aside and allow that kind of that internal voice or your higher self, if you said, if like they want to call it that mm -hmm. your soul to speak through. And it gives you more of a knowing, not necessarily um, as some you know, people in meditation would say the chattering monkey going on in the back of the head going, you got to do this, 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 this today. You know, it's that, that egoic thing that you have to do all these things. Um, but by allowing yourself to be on that path and being quiet for me, for me, allowing that to come through and that higher knowing mm -hmm. is when I'm actually working and focusing and utilizing both sides of my brain, left brain, life brain. So using logic and creativity at the same time and just allowing myself to get into the work. I'm curious as to what you were like as a kid growing up. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but <laughs> I I feel empathy for the kids of today because they will never experience the kind of childhood I had growing up where we weren't afraid to run around the neighborhood. We 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 owned the block and we were a gang, but it wasn't like the gangs of today. Um, and the, the families and the parents and the adults who lived uh, up and down the street where I grew up, they let us do what we wanted to do. As long as we weren't destructive, we would play kickball in my, my, to my dad's consternation. Cause we sometimes would uh, run the risk of destroying one of the trees that he planted, but we just had the greatest time and bicycling all over the place and just feeling free for the most part, feeling free until the sun went down and you heard, hey, time for dinner to one of the kids. And then we'd all go home to our respective homes. Um, what was your upbringing like in that regard? I grew up in uh, north central Massachusetts, so basically in the woods. So it was very much free roaming and go anywhere I needed to or wanted to. Um, needed to have a bike if you wanted to go anywhere far enough because you're talking miles away. Yeah. Um, it would take me an hour to get to a friend's house and he's like 10 miles over. So it's like one of those things. Um, and, you know, we lived on a lake at the time. So we would use all that, like a little, a little itty bitty powerboat, a little 10 footer, little six horse motor on it and put around the lake. Or we would do, you know, ski mobiling in the wintertime on the lake and in the woods. And we were adjacent to a state park. So it was, yeah, a much, a lot different than it is today. Yeah. Nowadays you don't have, you have a lot more restriction because of safety and security. Um, but also now we have all this technology that distracts everybody from actually just going outside and doing the curious things that we were doing when we grew up. Just go yeah. outside and walk nature, you know. Sounds like you were very close to nature because of where you were living uh, yeah. you know, as you were growing up, that probably helped to keep you somewhat grounded. And that was sort of your foundation that may actually have uh, facilitated 
uh, what happened, you know, about seven years ago for you that, ah, he's, he's ready now, you know, <laughs> you know, he's aged well and it's time <laughs> yes. to open the bottle. I was a teenager. Yeah. And then I was a troublemaker, but you know, yeah. uh, each, each are on there. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yes, um, it did. And one of the things I can remember clearly was one of the, my favorite things was there was a, a spring up in the state park. So it was like the hilly area, but this little spring would actually has this little eight foot pond and the water would come up and it would actually just start trickling down and down and, you know, into the, down to the lake. And you could just sit there and listen to the water and it wasn't a lot of water, but it was just enough. So you could hear it trickling down and just sitting there, just sitting there, listening to the trees and the birds and the water trickling. It was the absolute perfect meditation spot. There is one of those, I'm sure there are many here in California, but one that I experienced in Arizona, uh, my wife and I went up to a place called Sedona, Arizona, and Oak Creek runs through, uh, or at least runs alongside Sedona, although the way it's grown, from what I understand, it probably runs through it instead of the side. In any event, you could sit pretty much anywhere because the creek was so loud that it would drown out uh anything else that might be going on around you as far as you know the modern life and technology and i remember my wife was sitting on a rock on the side of the creek and i was in the creek with my digital recorder and a microphone and i was just recording the creek as i walked through it and at one point i slipped and dropped the microphone into the water but i was wearing headset and i'm going ooh under the water sounds really cool. And I found out that this particular microphone that I still have um, is, is a very durable, very rugged uh, reporters back in the sixties and seventies used it. And it was small. They called it the hammer and it was, it was really, it was really nice, but it gave great, a great sound. And um, I've got, a, I know I have it on my computer somewhere. I'll have to pull that up and, and listen to it again. Cause I haven't had a chance to get back to Sedona, but I tell you what, when you find places like that, um, you almost don't want to tell anybody about it. And at the same time, you want to tell everybody, oh, my God, this is an incredible. You, you have got to go experience this. And it's like I said earlier, there's only one place in the universe where you can go and no one else can. And that's your your inner life. And yet maybe it's not so bad. Let's say if some you shared with others that you found this little a little creek with this uh, little sound of water going into the lake. Uh, you know, um, it's like you want to share it, but you don't want to share it because the next thing you know, they're putting up condos. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I feel that everybody has their own creek or their own place where, you know, when you want to connect to Earth, Earth will show you. Yeah. The universe will guide you. As a matter of fact, it guides you to the people that you connect with throughout your days and weeks. I've even heard it said that um, because uh, I've been through what's called life between lives therapy, LBL. And uh, it talks about how every human being that you come in contact with, whether it be in person or in this case uh, on Zoom uh, using technology or on the phone or what have you, is part of what, what is called your cluster. Uh, and it's a cluster of, you know, the entities, if you will, that we inhabit these physical bodies. 
And um, you have been many different things throughout many different lives. Have you investigated at all uh, anything in regards to your past beyond this life in the past? Um, I have a few hints on past lives. Um, they'll just come through as remembrances, almost too clear to be, you know, just a coincidence, you know, as a full memory kind of coming back. Um, you know, uh, was it Indian tribe back in the Midwest in the probably 1800s? Um, I remember France during a not so nice time in France. <laughs> uh, don't lose your head kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then remember England a few lifetimes. Uh, we have some glimpses of China and Japan. Um, I have uh, kind of a glimpse of information on Atlantean time frame when I was working with uh, uh, portals at the time. Um, so, yeah, this is different things that I've been through here. Yeah. I want to talk to you a little bit about this aspect of consciousness again, as well as the the quantum physics uh, element as well as we continue with Peter Benson here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, and we're talking with uh, Peter Benson and his website, energiesofservice.com. We will be linked to that website. Uh, when did you first become uh, interested or even just acquainted with uh, quantum physics? Because I'm still working on just the regular physics myself, you know. I'm I'm waiting for the unleaded version, you know, high tech and or high test and so forth. But when were you first introduced uh, to this concept and the aspect of quantum physics? Well, quantum physics, everybody, if you're into consciousness, understands quantum physics. You have to, if you go into what quantum physics talks about, um, doing experiments and having anybody that's conducting an experiment actually have a thought or process into it can disrupt the actual experiment just by thought. So in the quantum realm, it is thought. It is consciousness. Mm -hmm. So everybody has that impact in the conscious field. So we are all there. We are all a part of it. And we don't necessarily need to understand all of it. Just understand that we do impact it just by our thoughts, our feelings, how we project ourselves, how we perceive. Um, everything is a, a reflection of our thoughts. Hmm. So as I was told, I mean, years ago, when I first got into metaphysics, and by the way, my metaphysical primer is the um, autobiography of a yogi. And um, I was told as I was learning and growing from my teen, late teen years that the phrase was obviously always used or often used, you create your own reality. And when I started doing these programs uh, 15 years ago, um, and knowing this even before, it is the choices that we have made, as I mentioned earlier, that have brought us to where we are. And it's the choices that we will make that will bring us to where we will be. But one of the things that I loved about one of my guests, he says, let me add something to that. That the choices that you make today and tomorrow and the next day are based upon your perception of what you think the future will be. 
And that's why we have so many different ways of living in this world and in this country in particular, because I think about, uh, uh, I think about um, uh, the, the, <laughs> the, the aspect of um, taking responsibility for one's life. Uh, whereas a lot of people, they don't want to, I mean, I was surrounded by, uh, a, I worked for a Christian radio station and responsibility might've been a must might as well have been a four letter word because there was no way that they were going to take responsibility for their own lives. It was either God or the devil. And I just, I couldn't, I just, I'm, I'm not a puppet on a string here. Okay. So the choices we make are based upon our perception of what we think our future will be. And I'm an optimist and I'm sure you are too. Um, will the, will the earth end with uh, Armageddon and all this kind of stuff? I don't know. I do remember asking a group of people back then in the eighties and early nineties, is there something that I could do right? You know, to, to, to help to, to move this story along. Cause to be honest with you, I'd like to have this story come to an end. Cause it's boring. I am bored out of my mind with this story. It just doesn't make any sense, but I'd like to help it to, to, to come to, to fruition, the end and move on to another story, please. Could we do that? That's part of, I'm going to say that's part of what I'm doing here. And I know that in a matter of speaking, that's part of what you're doing in that you want to make people's life. You want to help people make their lives better. A more maybe more prosperous, maybe have better health and so forth. Uh, how what's what's your uh, philosophy, if you will? What is your philosophy today? Today it is right now. I'm focusing on creating these the the tools so that people can utilize them and actually improve their lives. I use them myself, and they definitely improve my energy and my my uh, my my calm. Um, and I try to, the best of my ability is keep my thoughts in a positive frame so that my world that I create stays in a positive frame. Now, Armageddon is, if you look at the, I think it's a definition of it is the unveiling, the really, you know, the, the showing of the truth. So I think we're in the middle of that anyway. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of truth coming out and, uh, believe it or not, people are going to have to actually you know, look at it face to face and understand what is actually coming through. So my goal is to, and my projection is to get the information out as quickly and completely as possible to, like, as you said, get this done and over with so we can move on. Yeah. Uh, yeah Cause it seems like we're stuck in this, uh, this rat race of, I'm, I'm going to say political stupidity, but we're going through. <laughs> no, that's fine. Go ahead and use that phrase. That's good. <laughs> well, it's we have we have corruption showing everywhere, mm -hmm. whether it's actually in law enforcement or in the political realm. Um, they're showing illegal activity that nobody's being tried for. Mm -hmm. There's actual physical evidence that's there and there's nobody being brought in front of actual judges and actually being prosecuted because they're privileged. So now we have two tiers of justice, which is now being shown as, oh, that's right. We do have two tiers of justice. Mm -hmm. Those that have power and those who do not. And they're basically telling the people, you don't, we do <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. So 
it's actually showing everything that's going on um, and the political persecution, all these things that's coming up. And I feel that this is an acceleration of the truth. And I think what we're hopefully we're going to see some clearing so that we can actually see the forest through the trees here shortly. Um, and hopefully start, as you were saying, have people understand and taking responsibility for themselves and other things going on. Yeah. Um, because as you said, you have people doing, um, I don't want to take responsibility for myself, but I want to make sure everybody's taking care, you know, do recycling. You know, we're going to put solar panels on everybody's house. It's like, hold mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. How is your house? Why my house? Why don't, why are you messing with my house? Why don't you take care of your house? Yeah. You know, it's working on yourself. Yeah. You know, one of the other aspects of this too, and and again, this is an observation of mine. I'm not putting this on anybody, but it's an observation. <clears throat> when I think about metaphysics and spirituality, and I think about the dynamics of um, how we are all one and we're all connected and all that 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 whole realm of the philosophy, which is very broad. The thing that comes to mind for me specifically dealing with a lot of the um, old, we'll call it the old story of the United States of America, okay, as we are living it out right now because of the choices that people have made. And then I start weighing that against the metaphysics and spirituality. I'm going, wait a minute. They're total opposites because when you finally connect to the divine, you begin to realize, you know what? My choices are those that I am given and that I choose to follow, okay, or choose to make from the divine, from higher, from the, my still small voice, et cetera, et cetera. I'm still responsible for my life in the physical, okay? But I am choosing to listen to and follow the promptings, right? And this was this was what really hit me just not too long ago. And of course, with the pandemic and everything, after a while, people started to get really cranky about how their individual rights were being usurped, and and that went on and on and on. And finally, the, you know, the pandemic has lifted, and they got their individual rights. And then, the Supreme Court, in its I don't, infinite, I don't know what, decided that one class of people in this country doesn't get to have their individual rights over their bodies. And basically, they, they didn't say it that way. Basically, they said, now nah, we're going to overturn this ruling, and now it goes back to the states. And now all of these states are basically saying to one class of people in this country, no, you don't have individual rights. On this subject, anyway, uh, kind of like the example that you mentioned earlier about solar panels and so forth. And it's like, wait a minute, you can't have it both ways. You can't have individual rights and personal, personal ego-centered sovereignty and follow the still small voice. They are, diam- in my opinion, in my observation, they're diametrically opposed. What do you say? If you're looking at anybody in the government... They are service to self because of somebody's paying their ticket mm-hmm. and they're being lobbied to do this change. Um, so they're in a service to self mode in order to service or bring change to the masses. So they're doing the exact opposite of what 
spirituality would be, which would be the service to others. Mm -hmm. So as long as, as, as long as you identify it and looking at it and understand that this is not a service to other move. Yeah. Going green is not, I mean, what they're trying to push right now is insane. It's insanity at its finest peak. It's like, well, we're going to push everybody to an electric car by 2030, but the grid is going to collapse before that because we can't handle all those electric cars. Yeah. Uh, We want to get rid of all the, you know, the natural gas or coal and, uh, you know, nuclear power because those are dirty, but we won't have enough power to charge our cars. And they're like, yeah, that's okay. But what? It makes no sense. They're, they're making, um, decisions based on contributions and not based on how they are and how they project. So mm-hmm. it's more of a service to self versus, you know, service to others. Yeah. And I, I certainly do understand that. And it's, 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 it's that illogic uh, perspective that, that people are taking in that regard that I, I sit there going, this doesn't make any sense. I mean, it was the same thing that I went through uh, working for the Christian station. You know, it took me five years to finally release myself from the belief in a literal devil and hell. Now, that's my belief. I'm not putting that on anybody else. It's mine. I was born and raised Catholic, Roman Catholic, and we were indoctrinated with that stuff. And as I started asking questions at this station of many ministers and pastors and laity and so forth, and asking these tough, heretical questions, uh, the answers that I got just did not make any sense. They did not make any logical sense. And that's kind of where I come from. It's I'm not trying to tell people, no, you're wrong. I'm trying to show that the logic makes no sense. You need to think about it. Consider the 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 consider something else because this is not working for us. It's it's part of the old story. And that's kind of where I'm coming from. Your yeah. thoughts? Um, well, it's been about a decade, 12, maybe 16 years that there has been a movement in political schemes and propaganda coming from our mainstream media mm-hmm. that has put a divisive agenda towards everybody, whether it's your religion, your color, sexual preference, it doesn't matter what it is. They're trying to create a division in the populace. Mm -hmm. So it's gotten to the point now where you can't even have a conversation with anybody about anything because you're going to be called a racist. You're going to be called a phobe of some form. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's just one of those things. It's like, um, basically, people really need to start waking up start using utilizing critical thinking and if you're start i mean if somebody asks you a question and it triggers you stop why am i being triggered just hold on just back away stop (laughs) i mean really just think for just one minute before you open your mouth and make things worse just think yeah because you've been trained to attack on something that you're not really familiar with based on talking points that are not are they're agenda driven yeah i had a conversation with my brother a little over a year ago he is uh two years my junior and um this was following my sister's uh, memorial and we were sitting there late in the evening in uh, my parents dining room uh, talking about a lot of issues and we are on uh, from a political perspective we are on opposite ends of the spectrum 
And uh, we got to talking about certain issues. And, you know, he is very gung ho about, you know, this is the greatest country in the world. Da, 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 da. And, and that's fine. But you need to open your eyes to the fact that this may be the greatest country in the world, but we've got some issues we need to deal with. Okay. That we can't just sit here and say it's the greatest country in the world and do nothing. Because there are people in this country who are hurting in a big way, whether it's through whatever institution you want to talk about or not. Uh, and we had this conversation where when we came to the end of it, we tended to agree on three issues that needed to be dealt with. We didn't necessarily agree on how, but we agreed on three issues that needed to be dealt with. Uh, and, and, and it actually came down to, to one in particular. I think we did agree. Uh, and, and not to get into this, I don't want to go into this quagmire, but the issue of immigration and that there is no reason why any president, I don't care who they are or when they were, should be dealing with this issue. It should be Congress, the House and Senate that they are the ones that are supposed to fix this problem. And yet they keep laying it at the at the at the foot of the White House. And that's that's one of those things that we talked about. So by the end of this conversation, and this was really funny, my mother, she comes out of the bedroom and she says, boys, still calling us boys. And we're in our 60s. It's one o'clock in the morning. I said, we're just about finished here. So in my mind, I says, you know, we may not agree on a lot of stuff and that's fine. It's great that he has his own views and so forth as everybody else. And he is still my brother and will always will be. And I will always love him. And if he needs my help, I'm there. Um, and that is unfortunately, as you've already stated, not the perspective that people are taking specifically in this country, where if you have a different idea, you're out, I'm out of here. I mean, there have been couples, they divorced siblings that won't talk to each other anymore. And it's like, are you kidding me? This stuff is really that important? I mean, the stuff he and I were talking about, yeah, it makes for good fodder for conversation, but it's not relevant to what's really important. And in this case, it's family, it's community. It's connection and communication. Your thoughts? Absolutely. Um, yeah, the, um, my sister is the same thing, polar opposites on our political views. And we've had some interesting conversations. Absolutely. Um, and yes, the, I mean, the epitome of this destruction of the family structure, even by just having a conversation over things mm. was really put to its, its peak um, during, at the end of COVID with the vaccines, it was destroying families because people were choosing not to, or choosing to, mm -hmm. and then they were going down that political or propaganda driven um, guy, yeah. you know, down that path. And it was pushed without, real scientific data behind it, which is now coming out all the data behind it, which is really interesting. And now all of a sudden people are, it's like, why didn't you try to stop me? I'm like, we did. <laughs> well, it was interesting in the Christian at the Christian station, they would always use this phrase that it, uh, you know, uh, your personal relationship with God, your personal relationship with Jesus and yet they would get into my business and tell me that I wasn't saved and ready to meet God. And I'm going, wait a minute, hold on, stop. 
if it's a personal relationship between me and my God, what business is it of yours? Okay. Right. It, you just said it was a personal relationship. Now leave me alone. You know, I'll talk to you about it. Sure. My father, he shared uh, in an interview that I did with both he and my mother in 2015. And my father has since passed uh, where uh, he lost, he lost all respect for institutional religion. Now, he believes in God and he prays, he prayed and, and those kinds of things. But as far as the institutions, he wanted nothing to do with them because he saw, again, as you've stated, the corruption. And so, you know, it's like there are times when it's appropriate not to stick your nose into someone else's business, but maybe to try to make them aware of something. And then there are times to leave them alone and let them make their own choices and their own mistakes, <laughs> you know, yep. uh, and yet still be there for them. And to me, that is unconditional love uh, for one another. And it sounds to me like you have found that in the context of the work that you are doing and what you are building and what you are creating and making for those who are, are interested on your website, uh, energiesofservice.com. Yes. Um, what I try to do is I try to stay out of everybody's way. And when people describe what they're going through or what stuff like this, I don't put my personal feelings into it. I just basically give them a sounding board where they tell me and we talk about mm -hmm. it. And what will happen is at that point, it's like I try to give them a little bit of a reflection and see if that was really what they're looking for or they're, are they putting on rose-colored glasses to the perspective that they have because a lot of people are not, you know, not in my backyard or I don't, I would never do that. But when you actually look at the way they were thinking, they mm -hmm. did. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's allowing them to give them a, you know, I'm a sounding board for a lot. So people do enjoy to talk because it's actually, oh, I didn't think I was doing that. Yeah, you kind of are. Well, my best friend um, uh, that I grew up with in grade school, high school, and college passed away this past May. And I knew I had known him for 53 years. But when I was 16 or 17 years of age, he came out to me. And I said to him, I said, what do you want me to do with that? You're still my best friend. I don't, you know, if, if you find someone that you love, fine, great. But it's none of my business. And you're my best friend. And as I said, we have no, we knew each other for 53 years, stayed in contact. I visited him when I would fly into Phoenix occasionally. Um, it didn't matter to me. Uh, I miss yeah. him. I wish I could call and talk to him still, but Hey, um, I, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's something that I guess we just have to keep, we, you and I and others have to keep putting out there that, Hey, that's not important. I don't care what the Dow Jones is. Oh, I don't care what the indictments are. No, I don't care what the what the the, the volcano's doing. I don't care what the fire's doing. That, you know, we're going to get out of the way. Okay, we're getting out of the way. But we are going to get out of the way together. Okay? We're all going to be safe. That's what we need to focus on. And I really appreciate the time that you have given us here to talk about that and the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, the work has been rewarding and it's a lot of fun, uh, you know, coming in and actually having interviews like this, Richard. It's been a lot of fun. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, this is uh, the program that we like to call Tell Me Your Story.
I'm Richard Dugan, and uh, um, Peter Benson's been telling us his story and the work that he's doing through his website, which is energiesofservice.com, which we, again, will be linked to. And you can find out more about him as well as these uh, pendants and or uh, ankle bracelets that uh, uh, can help to um, help you release things. Uh, it's funny, too, uh, just a one point here before we wrap up. Uh, I was coming down the hill uh, where I live uh, into Santa Barbara uh, the day after I found out about my my best friend's passing. And I, I'm going, I'm saying to myself, personality saying, I just want to cry. I want to cry. I want to grieve. I want to cry. And every time I thought about him, I couldn't do anything but laugh because we had so much fun together because of the things that we did together. Some of the crazy stuff, uh, you know, nothing destructive per se. We took a trip uh, to Kansas together and that was, a, 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 you know, a story in and of itself. But I couldn't, I, you know, and I haven't cried yet. And I, I, I don't know, maybe I won't. Because he left me with that, m those memories that make me laugh. And, and I just, I just, I'm glad that he did. I, you know, I don't need to cry. If I do, great. But it's nice to laugh. I have three final questions for you. Uh, but before I ask those, I'm going to thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, where we are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., 9 a.m. Wednesdays, special edition there, and streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. We stream live and we podcast. Podcasting at SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations. We're on YouTube. That's right. You can watch these interviews and get to know us a little bit better uh, by seeing us right there in person, so to speak. We also ask that um, if you can support us financially, we would be so gratefully appreciative of that. Uh, we uh, have a PayPal account. It is there for your security as well as ours. And we ask again that if you uh, can, take some time during this decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, and listen to that still small voice in that quiet, peaceful place. Or maybe you've got a creek nearby that you can go sit by and listen to the brook, listen to the water trickling by, and still listen to that still small voice. We hope you'll take the time to do that. And with all of that said, uh, it's been a real pleasure to have, uh, to have uh, uh, Peter Benson on the program. So the first of the three questions that I ask all of my guests is, who is Peter Benson? I am, let's see, a learned mechanic, engineer, engineering technician, uh, creator, father of three, uh, and trying to be the best person I can be by serving others at this point in my life. What was your best day? My best day? That's a tough one. I got a few of those. Um, three of them specifically, the day the kids were born. Um, but when I married my wife, that was a pretty good day too. Mm. And finally, what is your life's purpose? My life's purpose is after the shift and understanding who I really am to be service to others, bring healing and happiness to as many people as I possibly can. Well, Peter Benson of energiesofservice.com, thank you again for joining us here on the program. 
I look forward to having you back down the road and talk a little bit about uh, maybe discussing some of the people who have uh, partaken of the pendant or the ankle bracelets and some of their stories that they've shared with you, as well as I'm sure you wear or one one of these two things, or I don't know, maybe uh, you're just supposed to create these for others that you're already, you know, you're already well protected, if you will. Um, no, actually, I wear the anklets and I wear the pendants. I'm wearing one right now. Oh, very good. Very good. Well, we'll I'd love to talk to you, uh, have you on the program to talk more about some of the stories, yours, uh, as well as others who uh, have shared those with you. Uh, and I know they can read about some of them on the website. So I look forward to having you back again. Absolutely. Thank you, Richard. I'd look forward to it. You bet. I'm Richard Dugan, and I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to lol, Jeanette, I am listening. Dad, continue to be happy. And to my best friend, Doug, I miss you, but I'll see you down the road.